The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus said, In those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware. Keep alert. For you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake. For you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The Gospel of the Lord. There is a song that I used to use when I would host mission trips. And it was a way to wake people up and get them going. Now, you guys all look wide awake, so I will not make you do it this morning. But this is how it would go. I'm a live awake alert enthusiastic. I'm a live awake alert enthusiastic. I'm a live awake alert. I'm alert awake alive. I'm a live awake alert enthusiastic. Now you could, if you want to use that in your own life, you can um, make that, you can speed it up, you can slow it down, you can really have fun with it. And I, uh, I really do like this song. I thought it was an excellent way to start each new day and energize us for the work ahead when we were doing this mission trip work. After all, the teens would stay up way too late chatting. And the adult leaders would be achy from sleeping on air mattresses and sleeping bags. And most people had trouble sleeping in those crowded classrooms without any air conditioning. They would stumble down into the big gymnasium and eat some breakfast, and then they would be sent out on their mission sites for a day of volunteering. Now, this song was usually met with groans and eye rolls. But it would get our bodies moving and maybe inspire a few giggles. And sooner or later, whether it was the song or the prayer 
or the big pots of coffee we brewed, everyone would be ready to go on with their day. Those days were hard, though. The long days of volunteering and preparing all our meals together and not getting enough sleep. We had to rely on the grace of God to give us what we needed each day. And God kept providing, and we kept seeing God at work in what we were doing. Now this morning, we are not just greeting a new day, but we are also greeting a new liturgical year. We are jumping in to the Gospel of Mark, which will guide our year together. And while last week we ended the liturgical year proclaiming Christ the King, this week we start again with Advent, waiting and watching for Jesus. How are we feeling? Alive? Awake? Alert? Enthusiastic? This might surprise some, but the first week of Advent, the assigned scripture passages don't point us to the birth of Christ. Instead, we look ahead to anticipating Christ's return. Is that sort of what we did last week? Yes. (laughs) And in this way, the beginning of the year and the end of the year are very similar. The worship year comes full circle. And according to the Gospel of Mark, when Jesus returns, this will be an epic event, an event that all of creation will participate in. The sun will darken, the moon will stop shining, the stars will fall from the sky, it'll be very windy, and Jesus will appear in the clouds. There will be signs. And yet no one knows the day or the hour. We read, beware, keep alert, stay awake. How are you feeling now? Alive, awake, alert, enthusiastic? Or alive, awake, fearful and trembling? Alive, awake, cautiously optimistic? Alive, awake, hopeful, and a little curious? Here are my thoughts on staying awake. This past week, Hannah has been really sick. Runny nose, deep cough, sick enough to keep her out of daycare, lower her appetite and slow her down when very little can slow her down, and make it really difficult to sleep. And when the baby in the house can't sleep, no one can sleep. So over the past week, starting like last Saturday, when each day ended, it meant what I like to call the night shift was just beginning. We would go to bed, and no sooner would we close our eyes would one of us be called back into Hannah's room taking turns to hold our sad, sick baby until she drifted off to sleep again. Beware. Once the baby is asleep, now one has to start the mission impossible move of putting her down and leaving the room as gently and quietly as possible. 
But Pastor Josh recently shared this pro-parenting tip with me. Get into the crib with the baby, <laughs> lay there until they fall asleep, because believe it or not, it is actually easier to get out of a crib made for an infant than it is to put a child down who has fallen asleep in your arms onto their cold mattress. And so, each time Hannah would call me in, I would climb into the crib, we would cuddle, and I'd rub her back and sing a sweet tune, but here is the most important part of the trick. Keep awake. Because, as tired as I was, falling asleep in a crib made for an infant, while being in your mid-30s, can only result in back and neck pain. So now, once Hannah was asleep, I had to maneuver out of the crib, close her door gently, cross the hall, use the bathroom on the way, because might as well, I'm up, and lay back down. But now my mind was racing and struggling to get back to sleep as I thought of doctor's appointments and to-do lists and all the other stuff of life. Keep alert. Here's what I learned. One night of this is difficult. Last Sunday morning, I was a little groggy, and I couldn't locate the offering plates simply because... They were blocked from view by the flowers, and I didn't think to, like, look around the flowers. But a week of sleeping like this, by Thursday, my brain felt like it was working at a much slower rate than usual. Alive, yes. Awake, barely. Alert, questionable. Enthusiastic, no, sir. So then how do we keep awake? What is the gospel really asking us to do? Because when Jesus tells us to stay awake, I don't think the goal is to have tired, worn out, sleepy, groggy, grumpy Christians. That can't be it. We were created to rest. So it must be something else. Once uh, my pastor at the time, Pastor Martin Malzahn, said, in scripture, the beginning and the end are the most unclear. That's where the details are the fuzziest, where we don't have much explanation. And maybe it's that way on purpose. It's better for us not to know so that we don't put too much focus on it. Like, imagine if we knew exactly when Jesus would return, the day and the hour. That would be all we could think about. We would live only in anticipation of the end, of going to heaven. And if we prepared for Jesus the same way I prepare for a house guest, there's a chance that we would ignore the work we had to do, leaving the house a complete mess, until right before Jesus returned, stressfully speed cleaning at the end so that things looked presentable as long as you didn't open up any closets or cupboards. But in doing that, we would miss all of the good 
that we could do in the meantime. If we knew when Jesus was coming, we would focus on then instead of focusing on now. So if the beginning of creation and the end of time are kind of blurry for us, then maybe we should focus on what we do know, how we are called to follow Jesus each day. In Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he encourages them by saying that they have been equipped by the Spirit for the work that they are called to do. He says that they have everything that they need while they wait for the revealing of Christ. Maybe these words, to stay alert, are encouraging us to stay aware of the world around us, to the needs that are present, to the ways that we are being called to serve, to the people who need our help. And we should beware, not of Jesus' return, but when we hear false prophets, those claiming to know that the end is coming and pointing to our current world as proof, for no one knows the day or the hour. And maybe we should stay awake with the help of one another, in community, taking turns, taking time for rest and restoration so that we are strengthened and energized for a whole life of ministry. And while we wait for Jesus, we should keep our eyes open to all the ways that Jesus is already here. How we experience God's loving presence every day like we heard in the personal stories shared with us on Thanksgiving Eve that gave witness to God in our joys and in our sorrows. And in this holy meal of bread and cup that unites and sustains us. And in serving our neighbors where we meet Christ face to face. And even in those exhausting middle-of-the-night baby snuggles, Because imagine a God who took on flesh and snuggled. Hannah has been sleeping a little better the past two nights, which means I'm feeling much more energetic, too. So how are we feeling? I hope that as we begin Advent, we are alive in Christ Jesus, that we are awake to God's presence, alert to the moving of the Holy Spirit, and enthusiastic to begin a new year together. I can't wait to see all of the places God shows up and how Jesus will be revealed. Amen.